Last hour of the show this morning. It's uh, three minutes past 11, 17th of January. You're listening to SCNZ. And right now to kick off this hour, what we're going to do, we're going to head stateside and catch up with one of our absolutely, well, one of our top correspondents. He is fantastic whenever he joins the show. He's based in Los Angeles. He is a writer and reporter for NBC LA. He covers the Dodgers, the Lakers, the Rams, all of the other LA sports teams. But there's plenty to talk about with Michael Duarte this morning. Good afternoon to you, Michael. I can imagine it's what a balmy, nice, warm temperature in Los Angeles as you've been looking east and they've been sub-zero freezing. Yeah, yeah. Very cold out in the Midwest, out in Detroit, but back in sunny California today, 72 degrees, uh, not a cloud in the sky, blue skies, sun is shining. Uh, And as you called me a top correspondent, I really appreciate that. Those are very kind words uh, humbling me. So thank you for, for that introduction. No, we'd love it. We absolutely love getting access to you every once in a while to talk all American sports, but especially with a bit of a a Californian focus because it really is the happening part. And we'll start with the NFL. Um, Gee, this this Lions-Rams game just had storylines galore. You add in the the Stafford-Goff element to it. Um, You add in the, the, I guess, overachieving Rams and and Sean McVay finding his vigor and zest for coaching again. And then the Detroit fan base who just wanted to win a playoff game so desperately with a coach that could make you run through a wall. Had it all. You must have had a blast covering this. Yeah, and I'll be honest with you. A couple things. First and foremost, uh, that environment at Four Field, their first playoff game there, guys, since 1993. We're talking over 30 years since they had a playoff game in that building. Uh, Eminem was there. Big Sean was there. We had some legends of football past. I saw Barry Sanders, Calvin Johnson. Uh, I'm a huge Breaking Bad fan. I don't know if you guys like Breaking Bad out there uh, in New Zealand, but Brian Cranston and Aaron Paul were there uh, representing. <laughs> the Rams on the sidelines. So uh, as far as like celebrities and faces, it was a great environment. But those fans coming through the weather and the wind and the cold uh, and the snow to show up, it was one of the best playoff atmospheres I've ever seen. I didn't know the Lions had a touchdown song. Every time they score a touchdown, the whole crowd sings. So that was very fun to be a part of. But at the end of the day, we got to turn the house lights on and pull the curtain closed on the Rams 2023 season. Uh, As you said, a season that... Uh, They overachieved that nobody thought they would get to this point. Everybody had them winning six games. A lot of pundits and and colleagues of mine here thought that they were going to be a top five draft pick and maybe looking to move on from Matthew Stafford and and draft a guy like Caleb Williams from USC as the number one quarterback in the draft. But no, instead the Rams went out there and they said, hey, if we can stay healthy, we have the talent to do some good things, even though we have a very young roster. We have a future Hall of Famer in Matthew Stafford. We got a former Triple Crown winner in Cooper Cup. And they really hit on some of these draft picks, guys. We're talking fifth-round pick Puka Nakua, who broke almost every rookie receiving record this year and did so in that playoff game. Most receiving yards by a rookie receiver in NFL history in the playoffs. Puka Nakua, nine catches, 181 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, As you saw, he had a 50-yard dime catch that he took to the house uh, delivered by Matthew Stafford. So Matthew Stafford played well in that game. Like you said, his return to Detroit. He got booed by the fans early, so you know what he wanted to play well 
And guys, he was uh, he was deep in his bag like my grandma in her purse looking for a butterscotch. Uh, he was just absolutely on fire with the no-look passes, the, the different arm angles. I really thought, to, to finally answer your question, that the Rams, over all four quarters, maybe not the first half, but they made adjustments in the second half, held the Lions just to three points on defense, that they were the better team for all four quarters in the totality. Uh, it just came down to that red zone area, guys, where you got to be able to put the ball in the end zone. The Rams were 0 for 3 in the red zone in that playoff game. The Lions were 3 for 3, and I think that was the difference. It was such a good game. It was the best game head and shoulders of the whole wild card round, wasn't it, to be honest? And yeah, like, I, yeah I agree with you. Yeah. What, what was going on there? I mean, I go through, I'll rattle off these scores just for context for our listeners, Michael. The Texans gave the Browns a hiding 45-14. That was so exciting, seeing a, a, a rookie play so well in Stroud. Um, the Chiefs handled the Dolphins, not too much trouble, 26-7. The Packers, well, that was quite shocking. 48 points in Dallas against the Cowboys. The Bills did business against the Steelers, 31-17, uh, in the freezing cold temperatures yesterday. And then the Eagles just did one of the great no-shows when they lost to 32-9 to the uh, Buccaneers. What, what's going on there? What's with the playoff disparity in the first round, do you think? Well, for the most part, you saw what we kind of expect in the NFL, and that's what they call chalk here in the U.S. And, and what I mean by that is uh, the higher seeds, the teams that you kind of expect to win, the teams that are favored to win, they go on. And so if you look in the AFC uh, the second round is the first seed, the Ravens, who had the bye, obviously, and then the two seed, the Buffalo Bills, the three seed, the Chiefs, the four seed, the Texans. So that all went what we call chalk. Uh, and for the most part in the NFC, we saw chalk too. The one disruptor was the Green Bay Packers, a team I thought if you went looking into that, that wild card round was the one team nobody thought had a chance to win. I know a lot of people thought the Rams could win. That was a sexy pick. Obviously, the Eagles over Tampa Bay, I thought was a was a sleeper pick, but if you've seen what's been going on in Philadelphia the last seven, eight weeks, you knew they weren't going to show up and, and just give up like they did in that game. Um, so it really was the Green Bay Packers that that pulled off the biggest shock of the weekend. Going into Dallas, where they had won 16 straight games, guys, at AT&T Stadium. They, they don't lose there. Uh, and just absolutely handing that game to Dallas, uh, beating them down. Uh, and that was something that nobody expected. Uh, it could end up to the firing of their coach, Mike McCarthy. It could end up them moving on from Dak Prescott. We could see Bill Belichick with the Cowboys if Jerry Jones has his way. So that was the most surprising of the weekend. But you're right. Every single game, for the most part, was not close. The only close game was the Rams and Lions. And I think having all the storylines like you had, Jared Goff going against his former team, wanting Revenge. Matthew Stafford returning to Detroit, uh, wanting to play well in his return there where he played the first 12 years of his career. Uh, everybody in that city. And at the end of the day, you know, there was a lot of controversy on that third down and 14 pass. The last passing play the Rams had of the game. Uh, it goes incomplete. They end up punting the ball. They never get it back. The Lions just milk the clock out and win the game. But there looked there could have been a pass interference on Puka Nakua on that play, a defensive holding, a late hit. There was a lot of hits in this game. So I think because that Lions game was so personal to so many people was why it was so intense, why it was the best game of the weekend, why it was so close. Uh, and ultimately, if you just look at this purely from a story standpoint, you know, we're, we're a little greedy and selfish here in Los Angeles. You open this by talking about how lucky we are to have the weather we had. 
where I just came from in Detroit. That's a franchise, a city that's been through a lot in Detroit. They haven't had a lot to cheer for and celebrate when it comes to professional sports. Uh, and they hadn't won a playoff game in Detroit in 33 years since 1991 when they beat the Cowboys, ironically. And so to have a game that close, to see it go down to the wire, and to ultimately see that city and the fans celebrate, and guys were in tears. I met a fan there who had season tickets all the way since the 1950s, and he saw the Lions win the, what was called <laughs> back then. Uh, it wasn't even called the Super Bowl, but the NFL championship back in 1957. He was there for it. He was crying at 87 years old watching them win this game. So uh, I was really happy for the city and the players of Detroit to, to win this game for them. Yeah, that's amazing. That's a great little anecdote there. And and it was a massive weekend for Detroit because the Pistons got a win as well. They beat the lowly Wizards. So Detroit just going crazy, wilding out there, eh? They're just loving it. Yeah, a little different, right? Winning your fifth game of the season if you're the Pistons uh, compared to the Detroit Lions, you know, advancing to the NFC division round, hosting another game there next week, finally winning a playoff game. Uh, yeah, a little different. But yeah, they, they got some W's in Detroit this weekend. So they were really happy about that. <laughs> well, we'll finish with the, the football on this thing. Uh, up the line, you've got the 49ers who, who had a week off. And for a team that really depends on health, that would have done them a world of good. Uh, can they go out against the Packers and just put a few points up on them and never look back? Or is there something about Jordan Love and the confidence this young Packers team has that would worry that would worry uh, Shanahan and the 49ers outfit? Uh, there's definitely good. I, I don't think you take it lightly. I definitely don't think you take this Jordan Love and this Green Bay offense and you see exactly what they did to – to the Dallas Cowboys, a team that many thought was going to go on and win the Super Bowl. So I don't think you look at the Packers and say, we're just going to go out there and, and manhandle them, and this is going to be an easy victory. I don't think you do that if you're the San Francisco 49ers. But what I do to say to your point is this team has had three weeks of rest to get healthy. You know, Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey arguably the offensive player of the year this year in the NFL, was nursing a little bit of a calf injury. Uh, Brock Purdy could have used a little bit of rest. I know Debo Samuel had been a little bit beat up, so he could have used some of that rest. George Kittle, uh, another guy that could have used the rest. So these guys now, because a lot of them rested in that week 18 loss to the to the Rams, they are rested and ready to go. And to me, the difference is uh, Dallas Cowboys, very good defensive team this year, but they had a lot of injuries to that defensive secondary, uh, which is a lot of reasons why they gave up 48 points in that game. The Niners do not. The Niners are going to have a pass rush of Chase Young and Nick Bosa and Eric Armstead, uh, Fred Warner to stop the run. Uh, what we saw, obviously we saw um, the the Packers set up the run very well and tear through the Cowboys like, like they were TSA pre in that game. So to me, <laughs> the difference between the Niners defense and the Cowboys difference is night and day. They're going to put pressure on Jared, uh, Jordan Love. They're going to make him make uh, tough, tough plays. They're going to make him make really tough decisions. And I think he's going to do some turnovers and he's going to make some mistakes. And I think that plays into the 49ers. And at the same time, I think that offense of the 49ers rested and ready to go is just too much to handle. And I think with the Rams now knocked out and the Cowboys knocked out, I think it's the 49ers NFC conference to lose. I think they're headed straight to the Super Bowl, and unless they run into the Ravens again, I think they have a really good chance of winning the Super Bowl this year. 
Well, they would not have been mad watching those results. You're, you're so, so right there. Michael, we'll, we'll get you out on, on the Lakers. So good with your time as always. What, what is with these Lakers? You watch them on the wrong night. They look old. They look slow. Their body language looks terrible. You're, like, worried for Darvin Ham's life and job. And then you catch them uh, last night beating OKC and running with the young guns, and you think, oh, okay, maybe they can get this together. Maybe if they're just there or thereabouts come towards the end of the regular season, they could make another run like they did last year. Where are you at with them? Yeah, again, I'll, I'll just be straightforward and honest with you about it. The Lakers are as inconsistent as the weather or the wind, and it kind of makes sense if you look at it just, you know, from the outside. And we talked about it last time I came on your show. You know, they win the in-season tournament, the very first one, the inaugural one. They win the NBA Cup. They get medals and trophies and a cool, hard cash million dollars to go vacation with or spend however they want. So when you come from a high like that, having to play meaningful games, tough games, to then go and play just regular season game number 36 and 37 and 38 and 39, it's, it's, they need to get that edge back that they had in that in-season tournament when they were playing for prizes, when they were playing for money, when they were playing for a, for a trophy. They need to get back to that because we know when they play meaningful games, especially as we saw last year in the playoffs, when they went all the way to the Western Conference Finals, upsetting the Grizzlies and the Warriors along the way that they can do it but you have to be consistent about it you have to do it on an everyday basis when you have guys coming in and out of the lineup different lineups out there on the court you know they really relied on Gabe Vincent when they went and signed him from the Miami Heat in the offseason to be a guy who could be that backup point guard behind D'Angelo Russell play in crunch time and play really good defense on the opposing team's point guards and he hasn't played the whole season so I think they're going to look to get a point guard at the trade deadline a name like DeJounte Murray on Atlanta is close but you said it you know, they beat the Thunder of the second best record in the West. They've now beat them twice in a month. So we know they can do it. They just have to do it on a consistent basis. And I think they'll be able to get into the playoffs. And then it just kind of matters on how the matchups go. Uh, and I think as long as they're playing meaningful games, they have and, and AD and LeBron are healthy. They have the talent to get it done. Oh, great stuff as always. Hey, you just make sure that when you get your Hollywood star unveiling, you invite us. We absolutely love having you on the show, Michael. You're a superstar uh, reporter, and it's very, very good information as always on the Lakers, the Rams, all the leagues. Hopefully we can talk again the next few, uh, few weeks. You're definitely invited. I know the Black Caps guys have a game today, so good luck to them, and good luck to you guys on the rest of your show. Yeah, no, you're a cricket man, aren't you? You are a cricket man. Would you be a better or a bowler if you're a player? I think I would be a better. I'll be honest. I don't. I don't want to be the bowler. I would rather hit it. I think you're an all rounder. I think you're the Shohei Otani of the Black Caps, personally. There you uh, go. There you go. Two way player. I like it. <laughs> Two way cricket player. I like it. <laughs> Michael Duarte, the NBC LA. He's a star. He really is.